Baker Mayfield. Undraftable. Off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network brought to you by TickPick.com. Make sure you go there, TickPick.com slash breakdown. Get $10 off your first ticket purchase. Welcoming in to the show, our usual Friday guest, John Colosimo. John, how are you? I'm doing good, Jake. You know, uh, tired and uh, getting ready for uh, the holiday here, which has come up exceedingly fast. So uh, doing pretty good overall. How about you? Pretty good. Exceedingly fast is right. Pretty bummed. My wife's gift. Thought it was going to be ready at the store today. Spent a good amount of money on a camera. Not ready. Not going to be here until the 28th. So, um, you know, we're hanging in. Hanging in with some disappointment over here. But it's hectic, wild for delivery companies and all of that. So uh, we understand. We appreciate you who deliver all these packages, whether it's through the mail carrier or whether you're a USPS, FedEx, or... UPS driver deliver or whatever, whatever role you might have in that process. We appreciate you. But I wanted to start and get back to Brown's content, John. There's a report Albert Breer went on 92.3, and we have to address it. Might be fodder, might be nothing, but he said he expects the Browns to be in on Deshaun Watson. And he said it was an educated guess, which would mean Breer connected with SI. Saying it's an educated guess, John, means he has some belief from somebody with the Browns that this is true. And I just want to open the floor to you for your reaction to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just want to reiterate here, like the, the position that the Browns are in. When, whenever you're talking about making a move at quarterback, um, they are cash strapped. Uh, you might not see that really because you see they have twenty million dollars um, in in space, but there's a an awful lot of this roster that's not signed at this point. Um, and Baker is guaranteed next year. Uh, to boot, he will be getting shoulder surgery in the offseason. And any likely trade of Baker, let's just say that that's what they wanted to do. Um, like any quarterback trade, it is far, far more likely. I mean, you're, you, if you're talking about laying out percentages of the offseason, you know, 90% of the time, that kind of a trade is going to get completed around draft time, um, you know, and certainly before camp. And neither of those. Um, are going to be points where he will be able to pass a physical. So, you know, the the options for the Browns in making a move like this just, you know, and that's just the absolute, you know, cold, hard facts of it. It's, it's, it's really, really difficult to imagine them being able to move or to do that. That's setting aside all of the other things regarding that you know we we know that all the reports so far you know and again i'm still like leaving the whole uh ickiness of this out of this let's just talk quote facts you know just so we can understand the logistics of this you know any reports have been talking about massive packages is what they're looking for you know um you know three three first round picks plus players like they're, you know, the, the packages that have been floated um, are extremely large. And I think any Browns fan knows that uh, we do have holes um, in other places in this roster um, outside of the QB play issue, um, you know, and all, so that's all just kind of balling up all the, the, you know, 
intricacies uh, and hurdles that make that a tough trade. And that's if his off the field stuff didn't exist. Then you have all that stuff, which I don't even think we need to get into. You know, I think that the easiest, cleanest way that to address this rumor is to just focus on how difficult it would be to make that move for the Browns without even considering the off the field stuff. So that's, that's kind of how I, I find it extremely unlikely. And my guess is that his source is not all that close. Um, and it's more of a yeah, educated guess with insider knowledge coming from outside the Browns. If I had to just wing it and guess. Myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Great, great points there. I think, if again we are completely eliminating the off-field stuff, which you can't, you you, you can't right. anyway. Right. But if we were, the only benefits to the Browns would be the only way they move on from Mayfield is if they trade him, because then you don't take a cap hit. So that's the only way you can't cut him, because then there's dead cap. But the only way they can move on from him is if they trade him. And I don't know if the Texans are going to get a better offer that brings back a quarterback than maybe what Baker would be. Tua, maybe. Um, That's kind of pick your flavor sort of thing there. Um, Hurts, hurts, yeah. Another pick your flavor sort of thing there. Uh, I don't know. I really really don't know. And the Texans have a bunch of weird, they might fire Cully at the end of the season. They're going in a million different directions. So, yeah, I mean, like from the Browns side, Watson's a fantastic quarterback if you just look at the quarterback. He's a really good player. Think he could come to Cleveland and be fine. But then you got to look about what you're talking there about giving up multiple picks. The sell the the the, the surrounding cast would that be fine? I don't know. I, it, it, you know, there's there's chicken and egg theory there. Do you need the quarterback to solve the other stuff? Does having the quarterback solve the other stuff to an extent? A lot of moving parts there. I don't know. I I think that in a vacuum. You could, and again, this is a, again eliminating the off-field stuff in a vacuum. You could you could rationalize a trade for Deshaun, but then if you look in that vacuum, you can still find reasons not to do it, and then you can also find, hey, there's this giant swelling mass sitting outside of this thing, which is a terribly ugly off-field situation that looks like it's only going to get cleaned up by people getting paid off. That's the only way it seems to be going. Otherwise, we've seen no traction. We don't know how Deshaun is mentally. Does he even come back the same person? You know, does does this right. all change him? I don't know. A lot of moving parts, but it is something that's all over the internet. Wanted to talk about it because, again, I don't think that there are like I talked to my Packers guest this week, Dusty Evely, who does a great job, and it's like people think Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay. I don't think that's a lock at all. I think it's more than plausible they find a way to run it back again. The Russell Wilson thing, a pipe dream. So. To me, it's still like 98% Baker is the Browns quarterback, and they run it back another year, and they try to figure this whole thing out. There's these little percentages. This caught the public mainstream eye, um, partly because somebody Breer is relatively connected in the NFL. So I I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. I think we covered it as best we can in terms of the little bit of anything that we have to talk about with it. Uh, that that it's not even like it'd be one thing if it was a clean cut do it decision based on everything you know based on the field stuff the player stuff all of it but it's not it's dicier than that and then you add in a huge like this isn't one of the smaller issues like this isn't a you know again a a, a one-off little incident that ha- it's like you know we've got a lot of people here got a lot of people yeah. saying a lot of things if you, you know? if you've said things over the years about Ben Roethlisberger's off the field stuff Can't say um, yep. you know 
it's it's magnified of that or you know you don't know you you don't have um record of everything Ben said but I'm just saying that if you as a Browns fan have spent amounts of your time um you know talking about Ben Roethlisberger and his off-field transgressions um you should be able to talk yourself into making that okay uh for Deshaun because what's on record and on paper is far worse and more extensive yeah, I would agree with that. Let's bury it. Let's move on. I don't think I don't really expect it to come up all too much anymore, but we'll see. We'll see what they do in the off season. A lot of moving parts, a lot of big decisions to be made. Um, let's shift to who's back. It seems like today Grant Delpit and uh, James Harrison. Jeez, uh, uh, Des, what what is his name? Why do I Ronnie. struggle? Ro- <laughs> not Ronnie Harrison. Not even Ronnie oh, Harrison. Oh, the right tackle um, rookie James Hudson. I struggle with that. I get like Desmond Harrison pictures in my mind, so I call him that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so they get Hudson back. They get Delpit back. But J.C. Treader does go on. A couple little interesting things. Treader did say he had symptoms, and that's why he tested. Seems like even though we know well that Treader is vaccinated, it is, seems very unlikely that he would return this weekend. Stefanski didn't rule him out, but based on the symptoms, it makes it highly unlikely. Um, and then... Also, another little note was that he had a conversation with uh, Raiders players after the big, you know, uh, hoorah about the game being moved and KJ Wright and some other players complaining about the Browns not Will Compton not playing the game uh, on time and how the NFL was doing them. It's like, well, hey, Treader went back and made sure to clear up that if we didn't play these games and we didn't get them moved and didn't play them, you wouldn't get you you know nobody would get paid. There would be three games that would have teams not getting any money. Those games were canceled. So I think that would have made it uh, pretty clear that those tweets needed to be deleted because those guys want to get paid, and if you cancel the games, forfeit them, then nobody gets paid, and that's a lose-lose for everybody. So, um, you know, Treader's out. I don't know what it changes for you this week. It seems like you hope that Wills can get back so you don't have to slide Batonio back out there. You can strengthen your interior, but Nick Harris has to be ready to go. Does that change your outlook on the offensive line any? Uh, Yeah, I mean – somewhat but um you know i it's hard to uh get up and and expect a ton from this game in general so uh i don't know how much it affects my entire outlook but certainly losing a guy of jc's um caliber is not a good thing um and you know hope you hope that harris can fill it admirably um you know and also you know it's going to give you a look for the future it's a guy that has been talked about as a guy who possibly could be taking his place and uh, it's a tough draw for him to to try and audition for this year. I mean, we've seen him a bit in the past, but we haven't seen him, I don't think, uh, much this year. I don't think at all at center. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It, uh, it will. It will be interesting to see how they, they patchwork it. I know Stefanski's back, but Baker Mayfield remains on. Uh, remains on the list. There was some rumor or talk about, I think Stefanski even said it, that he would be back Saturday from his 10-day hiatus no matter what. But it was just kind of funny to me to think that he would fly to Green Bay on Saturday and how how big of an only-in-Cleveland situation it would be if if Baker Mayfield couldn't fly Saturday morning to Green Bay to play. Like, he gets stuck in Cleveland's <laughs> airport, unable to... Not that that would have... They'd have an individual playing for him, but nonetheless, just like a, the ultimate... Uh, Ultimate only in Cleveland situation. Well, we, you know, Baker was going to be here to play, but unfortunately, he uh, stuck at security. You know, he couldn't, couldn't get out of security. <laughs> How funny that! Funny, but not funny that would be at the same time. So, yeah, interesting situation. We'll keep our eye on it. There's some guys who went on the COVID list late. Think Jadavian Clowney. I mean, Miles is fifty-fifty according to Stefanski today. I think the Browns are. We can kind of shift. I'm not. I'm not going to talk too much about the AFC North. It annoys me that Pittsburgh gets Kansas City without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, of course. Uh, Cincinnati-Baltimore, when you look at the grand scheme, it's really a toss-up. I, I I think Baltimore winning would be would be nice, but uh, the Browns have a chance to catch them because I think Cincinnati has Kansas City uh, next week, and Kansas City would get guys back, so it's tough to see them winning. But uh, the Browns have to win these three. I don't think they can drop this game in Green Bay and, and really have a realistic chance. We all kind of thought of these two between the uh, Vegas and Green Bay. They had to win one of them. Everybody wanted it to be last week for obvious reasons because this is an 11-3 and really good Green Bay team. And uh, I don't know. Have you thought much about what they have to do to beat these guys? It does look like the only names that will be out from their normal list. I mean, J.R. Alexander's not going to play. He's still hurt. That Bakhtiari's not back. Green Bay's offensive line, not very good. But they have literally the savant of all savants at quarterback. But they are missing uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which does matter a little bit. I mean, he's a player for them. He's a nice second option. Um, but but the, the task here is the task here is huge, man. It's really big. And I, I don't know what you think about how they get it done, but it does seem like it's going to be a really, really tough one. Well, we need a quarterback. Um, we need a quarterback and we need um, a – a game plan that isn't to try and win um, with 14 points. So, you know, I, I have uh, a lot of confidence in, in what we'll be able to do uh, defensively. Uh, I understand Aaron Rodgers is, you know, now neck and neck with Tom Brady for MVP race. So I'm not, not slating him, but this defense has been playing overall. The, the players have been playing pretty well. Um, so I, you know, I, it's, all, it's about what, what we can score. Can we score on these guys? Can we get 24 points? Can we get 24 points? If we can, I think we got a shot. You know, uh, Green Bay is as good as their record is. Um, they've won a ton of close games. Uh, they haven't always looked impressive while they were doing it. I think they're a little bit um, less than what their record would show. So I don't think it's. I a, think uh, just not to cut you off real quick. I want to add yeah. to your point there. I think Green Bay is 11 and three, but based on the Pythagorean win loss theory, they're like an eight win team. So yes, they're yeah. good. I think I saw some data from Cleve TA did a good job with it today. Like their win number this year, they're more points scored than the opponent is like 66, which is actually even less than Cincinnati. So they're not necessarily beating teams up. They just have a quarterback wide receiver duo, a head coach and, 
they're all very chemistry aligned and it seems like that is carrying them into some some close wins the defense is playing a little better than would be is is, is expected to based on some of those injuries as well yeah no you said it i mean you know they're not unbeatable um but the question is, can the Browns turn it around on offense? Can we see something that we have not seen since basically the Cincinnati game? Uh, because if we don't see life on the, in the offense, then no, we can't win. And I don't, I don't even care how they do it on offense. I know that I have some ideas, but realistically, it's just they, they just need to perform better on every uh, on every level in the offense, uh, going all the way up to play calling. Um, so. You know, it's hard for it to pinpoint and say this is how they need to attack. They need to be better in every phase of the offense. That's the thing that has stunned me is they have obviously got some issues in the passing game. I think they're they're strung by personnel, and, and they've been beat up by personnel issues within um, COVID and injuries and some of that. But even when they've all been there, everybody that they can have, it's not been – a great group and, and the issue remains can they find a way to run and the numbers since week eight where i believe they're 22nd or 23rd in run game efficiency tells the entire story john i mean if this group cannot run really well enough to have any consistency because what they did i i talk all the time about run game efficiency where you don't have a 25 yard run and then one yard two mm-hmm. yards, negative three, 28. I'm talking the way, honestly, the way you go back and look at the statistics. I'm not sure Oakland blew Cleveland away in rushing. I actually think they only ran for like 105 yards as opposed to Cleveland's 91. But they actually did the things you have to do with run game where it was four yards, six yards, six yards, three yards, seven yards, five yards, where that efficiency is what keeps quarterbacks able to find first downs. And not that they lit up the scoreboard, but what I'm talking about is that efficiency that Cleveland's run game seems to be severely lacking. And I seriously don't think it's talked enough about because, and this is kind of back to the defense with Joe Woods, where the defense has given up ever other than the 22 point random Ravens game comeback, which was just weird. And other than new England, they've held opponents under 17 points every week yet they catch flack it's like we're all deflecting certain issues because we want to focus on something else you know what i'm saying the issue is mm-hmm. clearly the pat the run game not supplementing what we know is a is a tied up personnel in the pass game situation players underperforming and injuries and we know odell's situation didn't work out so the run game to me is the root of all issues on offense would you agree with that or do you think it's like the, 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 the passing game is so bad, nothing else matters. I just think they have to run. Some, yeah. some, if they don't run, they have no chance. They just they don't, and that's a tough pill to swallow these days in the modern league. Yeah, I think that especially you laid out that uh, the line in the sand there at week eight, it, it went downhill. I mean, yes, I have issues with a lot of things on offense, um, but in particular uh, that running game has gone downhill sharply um, in the last, um, you know, uh, what six seven weeks here so um that certainly is a, a flashpoint but you know the offense the offense that we all expected to have um and even a downgraded version of that should have had us winning every week for like the last you know god knows how long because you know you you laid it out we're holding guys under you know 17 or under points we should be winning all those games so i don't have a ton to say about the defense other than they're doing enough to win I think that's a large part of why the Browns are so frustrating to even have conversations about. 
the defense is fine. People are trying to blame them for the offense's issues because nobody can figure out what the offense's issues are. That's the problem. Or they don't want to really talk about what the offense's issues are because they don't want to believe a player that is the player that is a problem is a problem. Maybe Nick isn't running as effectively as he traditionally has. Maybe Baker has been worse this year than you want him to be or hoped he would be. Maybe the offensive line hasn't been quite as efficient as we thought they would be. That's the thing that I think is the reason so many people are like, I'm so tired of talking about the Browns, can't talk about them anymore. We want to know what the issue is on offense, and it's either a pill that's too hard to swallow or it's it's a it's a situation we can't solve, and if you can't solve right. it, it's frustrating to talk about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, especially the latter. You know, yeah. I mean, I think, I think at this point, there's we have unsolvable problems um, that aren't going to change until we get a reset for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, that just it is what it is. I mean, who, who knows? Nick might even be suffering some after effects from COVID. We know how it affected Miles last year. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, but we, we just have a lot of things wrong right now, and I don't see any of those things getting fixed in season. I agree. It's so many things that have to be focused on in the offseason, and we'll get there and we'll spend time there when the time comes. But for now, we try to keep plugging along, keep having these conversations. I'll give you a 1 to 10 scale here as we close, John. What, do you, what is your vibe? What are your thoughts on how confident you are that these guys can find a way to get into the playoffs? So just give me a number 1 to 10, and we'll do it again next week after this one. Uh, it's two out of 10 to make the playoffs for me. Two out of 10 for me as well. They need so much help. They need so many things to go right. And then a wonky NFL season though, John, getting this game right in just a weird enough NFL season could springboard you back into a lot of hope. So absolutely very changes everything if they win this week. Completely changes everything. John, quick version this one on a Friday. We're up against the clock, but I appreciate your time as always, my friend. Hey, no problem, Jake. Guys, check out, uh, we will have not a watch party this week, uh, but we will have a show Pre-game, post-game. I'll also have pre-game show Saturday morning with Brad. Have a great Christmas Eve. Spend time with your family, your loved ones. Enjoy every single moment of the holiday. Thanks so much for listening throughout this week, throughout this year. Your support for whether this pod, the website, or the Twitch, again, I say it every time, means everything to us and is why we do it. Thanks again to John for joining today's show. Thanks to you guys for listening. And again, have a great Christmas Eve and go Browns. Go Browns.